This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. It's a manic Monday. And we're I like, back. I like the intros with the music. <laughs> I know. It reminds it me of like a, little... a newscast or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the one trick of the trade I at least learned at work. You got to throw some music in there and get people riled up, you know, like KP last Friday night. Like the, the other day, that was a vibe. This was a vibe on a Monday morning. But we're back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Callie, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Lost and Mike Marino. Big week for the NFL this week. The draft is coming up. We're going to have a special for you. You're seeing a nice advertisement about that today. Mm-hmm. Check out our social media featuring uh, Dom doing the gritty, but we'll save that for your for your eyes later. We'll go too far in depth on that one. But, uh, fellas, I mean, let's just let's just chit-chat for a little bit here on, you know, chitty-chitty, chat-chat, chit-chat on what we want to see, what's going to happen, and, you know, just what is what? What are the bills going to do? I mean, Dom, we'll, we'll start. We'll start with you, and we'll and we'll, we'll do a round table, if you will, more like a triangle table, because there's only three of us. But mm. we'll you let's have a chat. Yeah, let's have a chat. What will the bills do on just the first round, or just we're just yeah, whatever. I mean, are we general general thoughts right now? No, our last pick. Um, yeah, the very last the one, sixth round. Who it's going to be? Where they're from? Yeah. How yeah, much of an impact they're going to have in their career? Well, I mean. Hopefully it's like our Christian Benford six round pick and not Matt Ariza, but um, yeah, I think it's I, I don't, be... I, he who shall not be named. I think I think can fly in the future with Matt Ariza because you know we were oh he was the most hyped up draft guy. I feel like in a long time, just hyped up debut pick in a long time. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think I will make the prediction right now that the Bills do a trade. Mm-hmm. I okay. can't tell you if it's you know trading at Oliver for spare parts. <laughs> trading for DeAndre Hopkins, a mix of both, the trade down and trade up. But, I mean, Brandon Bean's a very, I wouldn't say impatient general manager, but he's a very uh, strategic and kind of knows what he wants. And, you know, the, it's been rumored that, well, I think even Brandon Bean said that they don't have a lot of first-round grades. So I think maybe if we see a first-round grade kind of slip into, you know, that Baltimore last year, 23-24, we're going to see a trade up. Where they trade one like a fourth round pick to trade up. I don't think, I don't think they're going to trade up using a day two pick. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't think they're going to package a first and a third to move up. I think that'd be kind of a little silly. But I also think a trade down, um, especially if all their first round grades are kind of done, they didn't like the options to trade up. And they kind of feel like they could have like, if they have like five or six prospects they really like and feel like if they traded back eight spots, that one of them would likely be there. 
especially as we said with like the quarterbacks. Um, potentially maybe trying try to trade back into the first round of quarterback for one of these teams that go defense first or another position. So, yeah, I think I, th- I think they make at least one trade. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd have to agree. I think they trade back. Um, Ooh, you're specific. Yeah, I, I think they'll trade back. I personally, what, team, I, what team and what time? So we're pick 27. I got to say... Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know the second round, like who's picking where is that well. Yeah, so you could, I'm gonna you be could, honest. You guys just say what 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 pick they trade back to. I think they trade back to. I don't know. I didn't think about that specifically. I th- I, I just thought about a trade back. I think early second round they trade back to. Um, no. I don't know about late second round. I feel like you kind of no. no, they wouldn't trade back like thirty spots. No, no. So I yeah, you go early second round, probably within the first ten picks of the second round, you trade back to. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't see them trading up, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago here. Uh, there's really, I don't know. Brandon Bean really hasn't been that specific, but then again, he was specific last year pre-draft, and Kansas City swooped in and traded up right in front of us to take a cornerback. So. Uh, there might be some intentional misguiding on, on what the Bills are exactly doing. I'm not sure. Um, but what I personally, what I would like to see is, you know, if, if we're talking hypotheticals and whatnot, I I wouldn't mind seeing a move for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, we've talked about it, but if, if it happens, I mean, I'm not going to be upset at all. Uh, I think you've seen some hints towards it happening. Like we mentioned that video with the facial expressions. Uh, there was a Twitter engagement the other day between him and Stefan Diggs. Uh, nice little handshake emojis ex- exchange between the two of them. So, uh, you know, it, it the hints are being dropped. I think that might be a move the Bills are looking to do. Because um, if you think back, I mean, the Bills were most dominant on offense. But Josh Allen, when you had Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabe Davis, if you add another threat, onto the offense. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was at the end of his career, of course, but you had another threat like that onto the offense. I think it makes it more three-dimensional and you're going to have a better chance of making things happen. So I, 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 hypothetically speaking, DeAndre Hopkins coming to Buffalo, I think that's the biggest thing to take away from trading in the first round. So Mike, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I, I agree with the trade. Um, I just looked at the draft order and mm-hmm. if you want to see a DeAndre Hopkins trade, maybe the Cardinals throw in that third pick in the second round oh we trade back and we package some other mid-round pick they package us some other mid-round picks with d-hop yeah we send them at oliver to try on those new uniforms yeah maybe those new uniforms are bad yeah 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 they are but i don't know you can only be so creative with the football jersey i feel like they're like three different color rush jerseys for three different teams like one's a rip off of ohio state you know what i mean like it's just like i don't know the silver flakes, though, they make it completely different. So, I don't know. The big lettering with Arizona, I think, on the red ones is also not not yeah. too hot. But back with you, Michael. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I feel like they will probably I'll agree with Joe. Like, they'll trade back just because you've been saying how they don't have many first-round grades. And we only have, what, six picks? So I feel like Bean wouldn't be opposed to maybe picking up an extra pick or two, like late day two or maybe day three. Because, I mean, it's the NFL, so you can get an impact player on day three that starts right away. Um, especially being as cap strapped as the bills are, they need yeah. as many value uh, players as they can get. Um, it'll be interesting to see because depending on how the board falls, like I feel like what they've been doing, 
the analysts and everything, they've been hyping up the quarterbacks for how long. They're like, oh, four quarterbacks are going to go with the top four picks. And now they're circling to like, well, they're betting Houston's not even going to take a quarterback second overall. So now who who's going to fall, essentially? And I, now you're hearing all the C.J. Strouds falling down the board. So That's too great. Yeah. So, like, are people – or are people – are teams, like, going to try and – leapfrog other teams to get their quarterbacks. They're going to stay where they are. So the quarterback's going to fall and then other players are going to get taken early. Like it really, really depends on the quarterbacks in my opinion, because I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Carolina's take a quarterback, probably Bryce Young. But now if Houston takes say Will Anderson, Arizona would probably be willing to trade that pick to a team who wants a quarterback. You got to think Indy's going to take a quarterback. Um, Vegas. Five is what Seattle, so yeah. they. I don't know if they would take a quarterback. There's a shot if some of the good ones are there. Like Raiders need a quarterback. Like there's so many teams that have been uh, tied to that. You know, it really depends on if they trade up to get the quarterback or if they feel the quarterback will slide to them. Because if those if those quarterbacks have to be reached for, like other good players are going to fall, and then maybe the Bills are more like, hey, I want to trade up to get this player because they're sliding a bit. So it really, just in my opinion, depends on what happens with the QBs. Yeah. I mean, when you don't, when you don't, when you don't have the problem at quarterback, the draft becomes a lot more interesting because you're not like as like weary about like if the quarterback's going to get taken before us and that, yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of jazz. Yeah. I was looking, I, I was, I don't know why, but I saw like a video of like that miraculous played by Houston to win that game on like fourth and 20 against Indianapolis and how much that like, change the draft because if that play went incomplete, Houston would have got the number one overall pick. Indianapolis, instead of being four, would have been six. And Seattle and I believe Detroit would have both moved up a spot. So I think they would have been four and five. So I mean, it really mm-hmm. did change a lot. But I, I had to I, I'll ask this question to the group because I'm intrigued because Joe was Joe jumped on Hopkins. You jumped on maybe they trade. Maybe they do that. Uh, the I, I saw the mock of it's 27 to Arizona for Hopkins and 34. And then technically the trading the seven spots down is equivalent to a third round pick. I'm pretty sure in value. So it technically would work out. Um, if the money, if the money cannot work straight up with the Cardinals, like they're, if you trade for him, you're not going to be able to eat enough or you're not going to be able to get him the cap. Right. I guess, would you be willing to sacrifice that Oliver? Because in my honest opinion, I wouldn't. I think that's a bad idea because I don't think there's a I don't think you have the depth of DT to really say you should do that because like who's your starting DT at that point? Jordan Phillips who can't stay healthy, Tim Settle who is very inconsistent. Like Daquan's a stud, but like I think then I know then technically yeah you could turn right around and draft a, a DT in the draft as a rookie, but would you rather draft a D a, a rookie DT or a rookie wide receiver at that point? You know? Yeah. No, I, I think. I'll no, just say, ahead, You're good. I'll say real quick. I think like I would, I wouldn't be opposed to trading Ed if they have a plan to bring someone in. Cause I do agree. Like he is obviously your number one on your depth chart. And I don't know, this might be a little like far fetched and everything, but like you always see players like have that breakout contract year. So mm-hmm. maybe we can bank on that happening. And then honestly, like I wouldn't be opposed to losing him for, nothing in free agency because you know it's not like the the rest of the d-line is going to be there anyway so pretty much our entire d-line is going to be gone after the season so um 
I mean, I guess no, like it would really be hard to see him go because I know he hasn't lived up to expectations. I know there's a point where he's projected like number one overall in that draft, but like like you said, he's you're starting DT and there's really no one that can replace him. So I I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, he, you know, he he plays that contract year, and then we get that third round comp pick, like we're we're hopefully getting with Tremaine. But but before Joe speaks, I'm gonna cut you off for like two seconds. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just kind of like you made the point of like this. I do think the Bills should probably trade down and get like an. I mean, if they do that that Arizona trade, yeah, we kind of unfortunate for the draft special. They would trade out of the first round, uh, but they could potentially get like a third round pick. So then it's another day two pick, especially if all like the holes on the roster pass this season. Um, if you trade for D Hop, you lose that option because then instead of trading and getting a third round pick, you know, a day two rookie, you're trading that for D Hop. I guess you could like turn around and say you're trading at Oliver for a day two pick, but I highly doubt that's the case. Like I think they would be trading him for like a fourth round pick. So I mean maybe the value turn like of thirty slots isn't that big of a deficit, but I don't know. I, I think it's wishful thinking, thinking you get a day two pick for Ed. Even though, honestly, if he stays healthy, a big F, he probably would be worth that. It didn't help that he got hurt in the first game last year, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, we we talked injury bug on the entire team, and he was definitely a recipient of the of the sting. Um, I I don't know. I, I agree in the fact that he is our number one, and I. I I truthfully, I think it all comes down to what Mike said. I'd be okay with it if they had a plan to replace him. Like if there was a solid idea of how to go about fixing that, because Mike is also right in the fact that we will not have a defensive line within the next year, technically contractually. Um, I'm not just, even sure who's like on the marker right now. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> that's that's the thing. I I feel like it's kind of tough because, I mean, most. Defensive tackles are kind of just if they're good, they're on your team. If they're not, they're not. Wait, what are you pointing at? Hypothetical. Hypothetical. So okay. They trade back with Arizona. Okay. They get those picks, D Hop. Okay. They then flip the picks they got and include other picks to trade up and draft Jalen Carter, who slides. <laughs> oh. I don't hate that actually. Although Jalen little... Carter's not sliding far enough for the Bills to trade up. No, like that's a, a little if that hypothetical. But, if that hypothetically could happen, that'd be fantastic if they pulled that out. But I feel um, like if the I feel like if the Bills want Jalen Carter, they're gonna have to trade up to eight because yeah, <laughs> Bears at nine are gonna take him. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a silly hypothetical to start your Monday morning. Silly, silly hypothetical. No, I I think if that could happen, trust me, I'd be all for it. But I truthfully see either you're trading him away and dealing with the repercussions of it, or you're keeping him, right? If, if you got to think of what you value more at that point for the Bills. I mean, I just think you're creating a hole on your roster. Where right, you really exactly. You don't need a hole on your roster. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, it's kind of what they value more. Do you want a, a wide receiver picks or whatever, whatever they trade him for? Or would you rather give him his fifth year to try and, like, see if he improves like most people do, as Mike said? So um, we even saw that with um, – on a contract year, Tremaine Edmonds played like a crazy linebacker that we hadn't seen. I mean, I know it's not Marcel Darius had an all pro season. Exactly. So I, I think million, and then what did he do? Um, got kicked grade. off the team and then he went to Jacksonville and thank God that. Jacksonville took on that contract. My yeah. goodness. 
Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we got an asset back for that trade. They went to the AFC Championship with him. That's true. No, I just I think it's an interesting conversation with Dehab because it's always, it's always like the idea Dehab's better than the actual like I think having Dehab on your roster. Like, it's like yeah, a have, classic Hallmark movie. Well, I just don't think it ever makes any sense because Brandon Bean I know loves Gabe Davis. I know Gabe Davis has one year left in his contract, but they always love Gabe Davis. They seem to like Ed Oliver, so I just I I can't see them like making a move that would like diminish Gabe Davis's role and move on from that Oliver. I just think that's kind of unrealistic. But I think I think Gabe Davis has kind of proved himself to be like a deep threat playmaker, like number yeah. three. What is that his being true number two? I'm not even, I'm not even you guys, I'm not even like the massive Gabe Davis like defender. I'm but not like, saying he doesn't have value, like he does. No, but is that his fault though? Like no. I don't think it's his fault that he's valued. I think like, that's I just his role. Well, I don't think it's his role. I just think it's Ken Dorsey's offense being dumb. No, he I, he was kind of like that with Dable too, though. Yeah, but so, that I mean, was they literally brought in they brought in Emmanuel Sanders to be the number yeah. two. When Beasley was here, Beasley was the number two target. Yeah, because that was when he Davis was has never been the outright four. number two target. Yeah, but that's when he was wide receiver four. Like I feel like with wide receiver two, your route tree should be expanded upon. I don't know. That's just me, but. I, I guess just don't, I just don't think Davis is a true number two. I think he's like a number three. I don't. Yeah, I, I would I have to agree with Mike. That. I feel like I feel I mean, like I, don't, I, I mean, I mean, he maybe give him the route, like you're saying, give him the route. So see yeah, what he does this year. What, I just think what? when he was, you know, his best, he was a deep threat. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the best deep threats on the team. But like, what wide receiver two in the NFL is better than him? Like, I, I there's there's a couple, sure, but like, I think when you start going down the, the every team's number two wide receiver, you start to realize that, like, it's not that far fast. Now, if you're going to tell me, like, hey, the number two receiving option, I guess maybe that's where we could, like, get closer to where he's, like, kind of, like, mediocre for a number two receiving option. I don't know if you want to say Dawson Knox's, but they don't utilize him like that. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess if you compare other teams, like, I don't know, who have, like, an elite tight end, and then, I mean, well, San Francisco is just lying loaded. So, like, I guess Kansas City, but even Kansas City doesn't even have – I wouldn't put Kadarius Tony ahead of, like, ahead of Gabe Davis. And that's not – like, I mean, Kadarius Tony's like a nice player, but, like, I think that's where we get in trouble is that I think our expectations – I think all of us are pretty chill about our expectations for Gabe Davis, but I think everyone outside of us were, like, really, like, this dude's going to get, like, a 1,000 yard – like, a 1,400-yard Well, because they got really hyped up by a four-touchdown performance, which is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime performance in a playoff game. I mean, well, like, sure, it, but, it, I mean, yeah. I just think I just think people amped him up way too much to what he was, and – Listen, I think I think we are seeing like the ankle injury was a big deal, so maybe that impacted his like ability to run not only vertically with speed, but also maybe they couldn't do the short area, um, short quickness um, routes because he didn't have the mobility to cut on that ankle. So I know I think you know we talked about Ed Oliver being a contract year, Gabe Davis is a contract year. I don't know. I, I think we might get another thousand yard season. If he stays yeah. consistent and healthy, but yeah, I mean, I I like Gabe Davis. I'm not going to sit here and slander him. I mean, there's there's no way. Um, sign my no, hat. No one's cool here dude. slandering him. No, I just think no. his best role is as a deep threat player. I I would have to. I was getting. I was getting that. I think I agree with Mike in the fact that when he's played the best for the Bills, it's been as the deep threat, as I alluded to in the beginning, like having Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabe as the deep threat, that was when our offense, you could say, was Because, I mean, fire. here, if we say we draft a receiver first round, are they – then what are they going to – are they sliding in as 
Gabriel and Gage moving up? Or are we getting yeah, like what what receiver are they? Are we drafting a wide receiver in the first round to be wide receiver three? Probably. You think they're gonna well, be like, wide receiver two over Gabe Davis or kind of smoking on that one? Do you think I don't know? I truly I don't I, think it, I truly I think, think it could be. I will say this right now. Everyone says this. This wide receiver class is not great. Now, it has a lot of very good day two players. And it only really has uh, Jackson Smith-Jigba, who's really the only like consensus first round. Like Addison's not a consensus first round. Quinton Johnston's really not a consensus first round. That's where I think it's going to get interesting with the trade down, as I feel like if the Bills are targeting wide receiver with their first pick. And like, Jackson Smith was off the board. Like maybe they trade down because they have like three or four wide receivers they like on in the second round, and they don't care if they come. But no, I don't. No, I don't think. I don't like who are you drafting? That's going to be wide receiver two. Like I, I guess what are we defining wide receiver two as? Like the, the wide receiver with the second most targets, or just like like how are we defining that role? Because I still think it would be Gabe Davis, well, especially if how he's going to be on the field for his blocking. He plays outside and in. I think a lot of these draftees are really mostly just slot guys. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I don't know. Like when when we had Beasley, I would have labeled him as wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. And then Diggs one, Beasley two, and then that over the other outside was three. Yeah, that's how I would do it. So okay. I think if you bring in a receiver to be your slot, so uh, the dude from Ohio State, you're you telling know? me he's not. I yeah, <laughs> I think. He would get maybe at the start of the year he wouldn't get his targets and Davis would be the number two. But I think at the end of the season he would be your number two target because we saw how how much we use, when we had an elite slot receiver we saw how much we used it. I mean even Crowder got some looks, but like once we didn't have a slot receiver it was kind of like I don't know. I think our offense is kind of centered around having a good slot receiver because I mean we just saw how much Beasley was. Uh, impactful when he was with the team, not last season, but before. But yeah, yeah so I don't know. I just I, that's what I think of it. I just well, yeah. I guess so. It'd be like targets and like, yeah, targets. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I, I, and stuff. Well, Josh does like the slot. I don't. I think Jigbo would be the only person that I would agree with that has the potential to maybe overtake Davis wide receiver two. But like, are we gonna say Josh Downs is gonna be wide receiver two at at Jaden Reed? Yeah. No, I no, I guess no. you're you're true, and it depends on I just, who we would get. I, I just yeah. think there's no, like I agree with that. I just think like Jigba's like the one. Jigba's the one guy that if he's available at 27, let's just say it's like if they're gonna take a wide receiver with their first pick, if he's on the board at 27, let's just say at 27, take him. Like he's the only receiver in my opinion that like if he's on the board at 27, you can't trade back because you're gonna miss him. Yeah. Everyone else no. like Quentin yeah. Johnson's like six foot four, but can't win a 50 50 ball to save his life. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I just, I just I don't see small. Davis being able to develop, like, be a true outright number two. You're just receiver. an anti. You're just a Gabe Davis hater. Wow. I'm not a Gabe I, Davis hater. I think he's the, very good for his now, role. All of a sudden, you're gonna call him Dave Gabus, and it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be like those kind of memes. No, I don't like. I think he's I, very good for what he has to do. Like, I just think that's what he's best suited for. Yeah, he's, I, he's a flawed receiver. I'm not saying he's not flawed, but I think when you look at the grand scheme of things of like number two wide receivers, he's very solid. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, one thing we also have to look at here is we have uh, a gentleman in the name of Khalil Shakir who we barely have seen anything from as well. So, I mean, like, 
That's another thing playing into drafting a wide receiver where I'm thinking like, okay, like maybe, you know, I I don't know. Like would I love to see Jackson Smith Jigba get drafted by the Buffalo Bills? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a great wide receiver. But we have kind of untapped talent on the team that we didn't really utilize. And like Dom alluded to, Dawson Knox is being paid like a receiving tight end like Travis Kelsey, and we're not even utilizing him. So it's just like – Time out. Time out. Khalil Shakur stopping you from drafting a good wide receiver in the draft? No, I'm just saying I don't yeah, think I'm you're going to draft one saying. in the first round. I, I understand think. your point, but Khalil yeah. Shakur ain't stop, like those no. guys aren't stopping me from drafting anyone. I understand that. I'm just saying I don't think I'm taking one in the first round necessarily. Why? I mean, I, if I had the opportunity, if, but I think they're trading back, so I don't think they're trading up that far to take Jake Buff. He, if he falls all the way – to where we're picking and we traded back, like that's that's unreal. I don't think that's gonna happen. Three positions I would be realistically happy with drafting first round or with our first pick be O line, linebacker, wide receiver. Yeah, I think like maybe maybe a DB. I wouldn't be totally opposed to a DB, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I said it. I wouldn't be opposed if you, you trade wanted, back into the you second another round. DB two years if in you a trade row? back into Why? the second round, I would take one. Why? Because Hyde and Poyer are both 30-plus years old. They have Taylor Rapp on the roster now. For one year. The safety class is one of the worst safety classes in the NFL. I would, I would wait and see how the class is next saying. year before I'm taking any defense. I mean, I guess if you're going like, to just say you're going to draft Keely Ringo and like convert him to safety, but like that's just kind of – I don't know. I'm just I can saying. Understand. I, understand. I think that – I said uh, if we trade back. Okay. I agree. I that the, to DB. The, the Bills really need to focus – like people are gonna get mad at this draft, but I will say this right now. This is the same kind of thing of last year. <laughs> the this is not a really an immediate impact draft for the Bills. This no. is a two uh uh twenty twenty four season impact draft. Like they're gonna get a redshirt year because they yeah. have so many veterans that are on expiring contracts that it's not like they're gonna get a lot of maybe not a lot of snaps. You know that that'll probably midway through the season probably like be make myself very angry because they're probably gonna be better, but. It's really for next season. So I can understand why you're going to say, like, oh, they should have DB early on because I think Poirier is two years left in this deal. So I, I think he signed two years. But Hyde, I, I know, is one year. If you're going to be like, oh, they should draft a corner that can convert to safety and be a solid starter in year two, I would be like, okay, that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I feel like with the first round, you got to try and find someone that can make at least an immediate impact on the roster because mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I'm going to say this bold take. Bold take here. I do not think they're going to draft a linebacker in the draft. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of, on a limb. Who takes then? Who's who's MLB one? Either Balen Specter or Tyrell Dobson. I just I you I think do, they could hold down the job? You confident in one of them I, leading your defense? Well, I guess I guess the thought process is like, what are you going to bet on? You know, like you're not going to have holes on your roster. Would you rather have your hole be in the back seven when you have? a stud linebacker next to Matt Milano, mm-hmm. a guy that knows defense and Sean McDermott that could probably protect a weak spot. He did it with Ramon Humber for the that 2017 season. Preston Brown was not a good coverage linebacker in 2017. Like, you still have Hyde and Poirier back there. You have good corners. You have Taylor Rapp to kind of play that underneath role, too, as well. Yeah. Kind of that, you know, third safety could come in. You have Taron Johnson. Like, I think that's where the whole – I just feel like – if you're telling me like they could in the draft get better at offensive line, get better at wide receiver, like get better at defensive, like get better in in the trenches and wide receiver, but you're gonna have to be able to sacrifice the middle linebacker spot. I think I would take that. 
Like I think okay. that's where I'm at. No, now Grant, if they if they sacrifice the middle linebacker spot and you don't get better at those positions and they draft some like wacky position, like sure, then then I then I think it, I'd be I'd be I'd actually be pretty pissed about that. But yeah. I think there's a real possibility that they punt on linebacker because they believe in the process. Yeah, in the kind of bringing guys up that have been around the system and whatnot, that kind of a thing. In Dodson. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of on that same page. I feel like they would I, – I, I don't think it's that hot of a take, Dom. I really don't. I think – Oh, I think it's a pretty – I think it's a pretty decently hot take. I don't know it's because the biggest like, hole. It's it's, I everyone, think it's hot. It's I, thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I, I'm blushing a little bit now. Um, I think other than right tackle, like you can make a debate that Mel linebacker is the the um the biggest Ross. Like if you ask a casual, fa- like a fan that someone pays attention, I think they I think you get a poll that most would be. Yeah, a middle no, linebacker. I think you're, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, he's right. Just because like. Our biggest loss was our starting middle linebacker for the last five years, and yeah, Tremaine actually mean, played like very well last year. So it's definitely yeah. gonna be hard for someone to instantly step up and like play as well as he did. Yeah, so. and then they also did not play well uh, when he was out. Like they, yeah. they would. I guess maybe you expect like a whole off season. They're gonna be able to have better. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I mean, like maybe. Maybe later in the summer, you know, you'll see some vet get cut or something and they, the Bills can bring him in. Or maybe they find, you know, some random guy on their roster and is a gem and mm-hmm. just steps up and, and balls out. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah. it's weird because, I mean, football is kind of like the sport where, like, players can be impactful from day one. Because, you know, like, you look at hockey and it's like, your prospects are always like a few years out. And like if you're like a late round pick, the odds of you even making the league is like very slim. So mm-hmm. with the NFL, it's like you could be undrafted and start. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think I think um we'll trust the brain trust of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. They know what they're they're doing. They've done a pretty good job uh I during agree. their reign. So in Bean we trust for the draft. Yeah. I feel well, like yeah. it's well, my last thing I want to touch on, I, I, it's really two questions in one because it's one more of a broader NFL-wide question, one related to the Bills. So I'll, I'll do the Bills one first. Do the Bills take a quarterback sometime during the draft? I think Honestly, I, I don't think so. No. I don't no. Think so. Maybe. I, honestly, I could see them bringing someone like undrafted in for like training camp, and then they throw them on the squad. Yeah. But I think they're going to roll with Kyle Allen. I mean, this team doesn't keep three quarterbacks on the roster. So like I could see them maybe bringing in like, a guy yeah. to be on the practice squad. But I just don't see them taking a pick for a quarterback when no, they sign Kyle Allen. No, I think you run with the do- did Hall- dual Did Kyle Allen get one year or two year? I think one. Yeah. One? Yeah. I don't think about it. Yeah, I mean, Allen and Allen. Then you it's an appropriate question because, I mean, a few years back, we drafted Jake Fromm. So. Yeah, that ended up being a great pick. I guess, like, I guess like it's like, well, I mean, he did, he was honestly falling on draft boards, but uh, yeah, he started a game for the Giants. <laughs> yeah, whether they did QB sneak on third nine from their two. Yeah, yeah. but okay. I think I guess they won't now. That, like now that you jog my memory about like what the depth chart is, because I forgot. I honestly it wasn't Carolina. I forgot that they have Matt Barkley on the practice squad, so they wouldn't be yeah. able to stash him there, and they don't. But I just think you kind of like backup quarterbacks just been a revolving door. And I'm not saying that hurts Josh's development at all, but like. I would feel like eventually they would want to like they try to do a from what they would probably want to do maybe if the draft value fits like roll a dice on another quarter day three quarterback and see if you could get like a cheap long term you know four year 
backup quarterback and maybe even longer. Just because, like, you see all these places, like, Chad Henney was the backup for Patrick Mahomes all those years. Like, I mean, he was consistent. Like, I I think the Bills maybe wanted slow. Like, that's why they brought Barkley back. But, I mean, Kyle Allen is Josh's best friend. So I think that's a yeah. solid. And, and he's and he's like had experience. And I also I don't think he's gonna get another like starting opportunity, or like a really he what started backup. in Denver when they just had no quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I, don't, I don't think he's gonna get another opportunity because it's not like Case Keenum where he's a veteran had like had like a lot of experience. He's not like Mitch Trubisky. So maybe maybe they do feel like Kyle Allen is like young enough where he's the long term option. But yeah. Yeah. So my, I don't, my I don't think I'd be opposed to that. Look at the look oh, at how okay. long Frank Reich was a backup for the Bills. No, I, I I agree. I think I think the answer is Kyle Allen. Now that I think about it. But. Yeah, because you want you want to build chemistry with, and they already have good chemistry, him and Josh. But also just with the system in general, like you said, it has been a revolving door. In <laughs> you're just throwing Trubisky in, then Case Keenum, who's a completely different quarterback from Josh Allen. You know, like there's you got to get. I think you got to have some sort of consistency, especially with a new offensive play caller like Dorsey, I feel like mm-hmm. you kind of got to get everyone used to it and ready to go. And, you know, if Josh goes down, I think someone not similar necessarily, because uh, there aren't too many similar to him. Well, but Trubisky someone... was the best one for that. Right. Then, yeah. Because he was similar, like physical traits and playing style to Allen. Yeah. Mobility wise and stuff like that. Like you kind of want to have someone who can step in and not completely like, change have to change the offense around them so yeah Kyle no, I agree. I so good candidate you know what i mean I, I that's why opposed. baltimore's had lamar jackson and tyler huntley's backup tyler right. huntley your pro bowl quarterback <laughs> pro bowl's yeah. a joke final question then then we could do our like actual legit predictions who the bills are going to draft first because we can make that how many quarterbacks could take in the first round I'm, I'm gonna go on limb and say five i'll say four you don't young think- stroud levis and um, Richardson, no hooker, no. I don't know. I think a team. In I the think back. he's an early day two pick. Mm, Mid-day two I don't pick. know. I think people want the fifty year option. Oh, I don't know. It hasn't worked out that much, but I think. People oh, so when he's thirty, yeah, yeah, very true. I Let's mean, quarterback are playing when they're what? Let's 20? give him a long term deal while he's uh, regressing. Yeah. How are you? Um, technically, in the quarterback, like your early thirties, you're you're hitting your prime. Now, same. His playing style. I would. Can you refer? Can you repeat the question one more time? Sorry, I was thinking. How many quarterbacks get selected in the first round of the NFL draft? You said five. Mike said four. Um. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know because, like, there's Richardson. There's there's a bunch, and Carolina's taken one. So that's. I would. I would have to say. I think four. I'm I'm kind of along the lines with Mike on this one. I don't know if all. Who's drafting Hendon Hooker? Hendon Hooker? Yeah, Dom. He's going in the first round. Damn. You know, this is a really tough question to ask. I'm not going to lie. But the Browns. Like, is he early first, mid first, late first? <laughs> I, I think I think the New Orleans Saints will draft him. You think? Mm-hmm. Really? So late first? No. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or Shale trades up. One of those two. One of one of those two lovely squads. Okay. Maybe. All right. But my cool. last question before we can move on to the Sabos. We talked a lot about who we want to draft. Realistic, because I don't think Jigba's gonna be on the board if we're gonna be wholly no. honest. 
Bills draft blank with the first pick of the draft. I'm not going to say first round pick because I think we all could trade back maybe in the second round. Right. So. Yeah. I think they stick with the Florida Gator blood on this one. And I think they take Osiris Torrance from, he's an interior offensive lineman from Florida. I would, I would say, I think we go the Gator blood, the first pick back to back along with Kyrie Elam. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive line, I, I think that'd be a huge help. And I, I, if, if, I don't know if either of you are going to say B. John Robinson, but I've seen way too many mock drafts saying B. John Robinson. So um, let's hope not. But I think Osiris Torrance, I'm, I'm taking right away if I'm mm. the Bills. Yeah. So I, that, that's who I was going to say. Um, trying to think now who I want to say. Um, <laughs> I'll say. I'll say this right now. You don't, you don't want, I don't think the Bills will suck that man. You don't think don't so? Think, I don't think he's a scheme fit. He's a huge mauler. They like athletic cards. <laughs> maybe, if they, maybe if they. I'll say tackle? I'll say the tackle from Ohio State, not Paris Johnson. Um, oh, Dewan Jones, Dewan Jones, yeah, Dewan Jones. I'll say they'll take him because I feel like I don't know, like you're saying how there's a lot of good day two like wide receivers, so maybe they feel like they can get value there, like in their second round pick or third round pick or something. And I don't know, I don't see Jack Campbell or like Trenton Simpson as like a good late first round pick in my opinion, but yeah, we'll see Dewan Jones. Interesting, interesting. If Paris well, Johnson fell, sure. I don't think he's going to fall. I think they're going to pick either trade back or take him at 27. Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. Mm, okay. All right. I think I think he's going to be wide receiver three. But I think Addison's going to be reached up early, and I think Jigba as well by, like, the Packers or some team in, like, the tween. So I think they're going <laughs> to. They draft the first-round receiver as soon as they get rid of Rodgers. The biggest spite it. in the NFL, right there. I mean, you gotta respect it. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> that would that would be killer. Buda Kuntz really giving Aaron Rodgers a middle finger right there. Oh my god. Well, I think that's gonna do it, fellas. Is that is there anything else we want to do about the draft here? Nope. Oh, alrighty. Well, that's gonna do it for the build section of this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. But before we move into the Sabers. I just would like to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now, fellas, I think it is time. Yes, it is, because I'm actually remembering to change the background here. It's time for the Sabres talk. So, I mean... Let's let's look at this here. Let me pull pull the outline back up here. So Granado and Adams had a press conference, you know. And Dom, let's just let's start with you again, like we did with the Bills here. Just general thoughts on what they had to say. Um, I know the last last weeks they were talking about the goalie tandems and whatnot. I know I texted about that. No, but... that was this one, buddy. Oh, oh, so we're still talking. About they, this one. Okay. We recorded what Wednesday, and yes. they had it Wednesday afternoon. Ah, okay. So I guess I guess I'll start then. I sorry, I thought they had another one. I was confused. No. Nope. Um so I think they meant they mentioned a lot about the goalie tandems. Uh Granado seemed to be on the Levi and Lukanen hype train. I know you can't really you take that with a grain of salt. I'm sorry, right time, now. Out, time out. Can we just have like a button that just says BS alert, BS alert, BS alert? You think that you think that's BS alert? Oh. It's blowing smoke so far up. Up the, you know what? That's no. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't like, you don't like that even happening. Are you not a, are you not a fan of that happening? Or I just, think, I didn't think it's, 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 you know, it's you're not gonna call a player out really and 
you're, you're, I mean, unless they deserve it, and I don't think UPL really deserves it, but no, they're not going to go with Levi and UPL. <laughs> what are they talking about? They're not It'd be terrible if a general manager was like, yeah, this player suck, but, you know. I mean, yeah, we're going to roll with them. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, <laughs> listen, they want to hype him up as much as possible, say how much of a good young man he is, good how he's growing as a person on and off the ice, you know. Just so they can trade his ass, <laughs> so they can get the most. Value. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, this guy sucks. He's terrible at the organization. He's always late to practice." And who, who, like, you just what do you want to tank his value? And you're no. They're gonna they're gonna be confident and say, "Yeah, we're okay with him being the tandem." Because then when they call teams, the teams are gonna know that it's tough to part with him. So it's a real asset they're getting back. They think. No, I know, I know. I think I think you said this last week, Don. But like, um. General managers are never gonna like tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be the worst general manager ever if you just always told the truth. Maybe, honestly, maybe that'd be a great <laughs> approach. Cause you tell the truth, everyone's like, ah, he's just joking, and then he actually does it. And then it's like, well, a whole revolutionary general manager right here. And yeah, then he'd probably get fired in a year because, tell the truth. <laughs> because his team would be so bad. But Yeah, that well, would be tough. I don't know. I, no. I just they weren't gonna trash anyone, but Again, we've run over this. They can't go in the off season, the, this season with. It's the same thing when they say it's playoffs or bust. I would have. Yeah. I don't know. It's like if they miss the playoffs again, I don't think Adams gets axed. I just no. don't think. But I don't. I think Renato, think Renato does. I think Renato. I, I think. I think, I, I think Renato goes before back. Adams does. I think Adams oh, would go through another coach. If. Oh. If we don't make the playoffs, I would agree that Granado is at least on the hot seat. And then maybe the, the, depending on how the next season starts, he can get axed. But yeah. say you get rid of Granado and you bring another coach and they don't make the playoffs, then it's a clean house right there. Yeah. I think so. the early like the earliest Granado can get axed is early um 24-25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the earliest Adams can get axed is 25-26. Yeah, I think he's got I think playoffs are definitely achievable next year and definitely like uh, realistic. But I no, think it is realistic. I think I think it really would be I think the expectation next year is to make the playoffs. Like I mean every year's the expectation is to make the playoffs when the Stanley Cup. Um unless you're like Chicago uh, uh, unless you're this year of Anaheim and you want Connor the expectation was to be as after yeah. <laughs> or or the or you. the 2015 Sabres when we wanted McDavid. Yeah. But, I mean, but no, they, like they did their job. I think, best odds. Yeah, I guess. But you know, I think like speaking, like we realistically should be a playoff team next year. And if we don't make the playoffs, then it's like, well, what went wrong? Like, was there injuries? Like, did some players regress a bit? Like, did other players not develop with the way we expect them to? So, like, you know, I think there's there's additions we need to make to our roster, obviously. But I think next year the playoffs should be something like we're realistically talking about happening because like we missed it by two points this year. And, you know, we look back, every team has bad games, but like we look back at the bad games and it's just like, the you know, straight we lost in November. Well, you know, it's because they're like a young team and all that, but you know, I don't know. I just, I just think next year they really should be a playoff team. Cause I just look at some of the teams like, I don't know. I think if like, Boston's not going to be as good as they are next year, but I think they're still a playoff team. The Islanders. The Islanders. The Panthers. Like, I could see those two teams slipping out. Like, 
if Toronto loses in first round again, I feel like something huge is going to happen there. So they could be regressing. Tampa's starting to get older. They're not as dominant as they were a few years ago. Um, I think, yeah, I would say that the Atlantic is probably the most competitive division, but mm-hmm. with the Sabres on the rise, and I think the top teams are kind of on the on the fall. So I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to make the playoffs here. Yeah, I and I, I can tell you, I am comfortable. On my on my on my twenty first birthday, I'm going to put a healthy wager on at least a playoff berth from the Sabers this season, and I am not ashamed of it. That's how no. confident I am. I truthfully, I think it's going to happen. I I really do. I, I will I will say this though. You know, Mike makes an excellent point about like you know if they miss the playoffs next year, what went wrong? Was it the coaching? Was it the special teams? I will say this: you cannot miss the playoffs next year, and like the number one excuse everyone is talking about is goaltending. Yeah, it's the position. Yeah. It's the position you've cheaped out on the last two years, because you wanted to fill the young roster. Whatever, like I don't think anyone's gonna like really crap on it too much now. But you can't. I'm sorry, but if you end next season, you miss the playoffs, and you go, yeah, you know what, Levi and UPL, that was not the smartest move in the book. <laughs> you know, for us to make the playoffs, we probably should have done more. Like that, you just can't. That, that's why I'm saying it just can't happen. Like the optics of the mm-hmm. entire situation, because those mm-hmm. two guys are what UPL is making. Maybe a million bucks. I think he's even making less than that. Levi's making less than that. I think he's making like what nine twenty-five. So those guys are making. Yeah, under... Did he burn a year? His rookie deal last year. Uh, probably. I think. Yeah. So. But like, those two guys are making a combined under two million dollars. Like you can't tell. Like you can't be a serious playoff team with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, because like Levi, whatever. He's he's good. Whatever. UPL. I mean, he's technically he's worth the money because he's making under a million dollars. So like. But even that, like, no, you need to make a you need to make a move. So yeah, yeah. I, I want to sidetrack a little bit because we'll we'll go back to the Adams Ground thing. But Bleacher Report does these articles, which I think are hilarious, but I think they're funny to discuss. They're like, what one trade every a non-playoff team should make for the Sabers? They said we should trade UC for UC Saros, the goaltender for Nashville, for two first-round picks. Hmm. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> well, two things. One, I'm doing that in a heartbeat because my man was the best goaltender in the league and is going to get Robert the Vesna just because Olmark got a bunch of wins and, and stuff. Yeah. Literally carried a trash. That Nashville team, you, honest to God, <laughs> they played they played in Buffalo in March. I went to the game. I can name you about five players on that roster, and they kicked the absolute crap out of us, and they nearly made the playoffs. Like Now, would Nashville do that? Probably not. I know they have Askrav, but I don't know. Maybe they, they, I mean, maybe if they're thinking they're going full retool on the flat, like not retool, but like quick rebuild, maybe. But I'm trading two first round picks. Now, I will say this I would bargain if I was Adams to not trade two first round picks. I would trade two value of like a first round pick. What I mean by that is like I would trade 23 and then try and get like a prospect pool package that's like equals the value of another first round pick. And maybe then you had to add maybe one more piece because you're not trading them two first round picks outright. But this dude's making 5 million bucks. Like this dude's on a cheap, cheap contract. He's still young. He's 5'11". Like Devin Levi's what? Little shade over six foot. They play very similar types of, of goalie. It's a perfect mentor. It's a perfect 1A, 1B to be completely honest. And who knows? I'm, I, you know, People probably are going to really, really hate me for saying this, but like, 
I mean, Saros could just become a stud, be a Vesna winner, and then you have Levi that becomes a, I'm sorry, like, this is going to sound really weird, but, like, then Levi becomes a trade ship a couple years down the road, kind of like how Spencer Knight is now. I know Spencer Knight's not a good trade ship because he sucks, but, like, even if, if Levi's good, but then you have a st- actual stud in Saros, like, trading a good goal. T- it's like Jeremy Swayman. That's a better example. Jeremy Swayman for Boston. I'd probably get the Bruins a lot if they traded him. Like, that could be a scenario where you go in. So, and it also increases competition, and they love competition. So, I think that's like an absolute, like adding this team is a top three team in the Atlantic this year. They had UC Saros the entire season. That's a complete fact. Yeah. They finished third. They finished ahead <laughs> of Tampa because they were what, six points, eight, seven points behind Tampa? Mm-hmm. Boom. That, there's your, there's their difference right there. Well, it's, honestly, it's, it's honestly, honestly, off, but honestly, here, when you first said it, I was like, I don't really like it, but I'm like listening to your case and I'm like trying to think now. And, you know, I think the Sabres are at the point where we can trade our picks and prospects because we just mm-hmm. don't have the space anymore. And we're a team that's trying to win now. So, you know, what's the what's the point of adding a player who's two years out to when you're trying to win now when you can get an impactful player? Um, I guess, like, obviously, I think it would be great to bring in a goaltender to help mentor Levi, who's similar, because like we were talking with Josh Allen, how it would have been beneficial to have a quarterback that was like him as your backup. So like, you know, they can like learn from each other and all that, like how kind of like Trubisky was his best backup option. Um, if no, no doubt Saros comes in, like he's your starter. He's someone mm-hmm. that could start you 50, 60 games. I think it'd be really bold. And I think the wrong decision if Levi plays 50, 60 games next year. Um, and yeah, long-term, like it, it would be very valuable to have Saros. Cause like you said, if Levi then becomes expendable, like he'd be a nice chip to trade if you need like someone else and he'd have a lot of value cause he'd be young and you know, he'd prove that he was actually a good goaltender. My only, my only hesitation to it is like, I don't know what, his contract is like, I know you said 5 million, but is that for like another like five years or is it for like one or two years? So like would his say he does become a stud Vesna winner. Like does his cap hit fit? If you had to pay like a Darlene and a power eventually like a Coolidge and Savoy, like, like would you value him over paying like those type of players and being able to fit him in rather if you can get, if Levi plays well and you sign him to an extension, that'd be cheaper than signing like Saros to an extension. I mean, he's a UFA in two years, so. I think I like okay, the so idea. Is that good or bad in your point of view? I think. Um, like, are you keeping him for two years, I letting guess, him walk? I, and I guess my mind is Are you keeping him for two years, giving him an extension, and then letting Levi go? Or like. Yeah. Because in two years, Levi will need a I contract guess my, too. So, like, who are you going to pick? I, yeah. I, I guess my mindset. Well, I guess my mindset would be. Really, whichever the two I think is the better long-term option. I think, let me double-check. I literally just saw his agent. I blanked on it. He would be 29. Um, So, he'd have yeah. a little bit of years left. But Levi would be, like, what, 23? So, yeah. I think Levi would I, – I would look at it this way. If I could trade 13, because I think they have the 13th overall pick based on the odds. I don't fully mm-hmm. remember off the top of my head. But if I could trade, like, a package of 13 UPL – 
either Rosine or Aslid and then maybe like another side, like a piece. Mm-hmm. I think I would do that because I'm not, I'm really not, I'm sacrificing what my third best forward prospect. He doesn't even have a spot, pick. really. Yeah. And the 13th overall pick, which I think is like, like, those are like the two biggest assets. And then UPL is just, I'm just throwing him in. So I think that, that actually would be enough value in my mind. Um, and like you have then two years in elite goaltender where then you can develop Levi behind him. And then maybe you say, okay, like Soros, you let him go in free agency and then Levi takes the range in two years. And Levi, instead of having all like learn behind him for two years, have that development period, then he becomes the guy that takes the range. Or you're like, Levi really didn't take that jump. We got to sign Soros to maybe hopefully he signs like a short term contract or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. or, you know, we like Soros more than Levi. We could trade Levi and then still have the assets now and cap to sign Soros. I think it, it, I know. It, it would I, I, I do like overall, like, like what you're saying, like bringing an elite goaltender to bring in with Levi, because like, I think you can't rely on a 21 year old goaltender to play 60 games. Like I do think you need someone to kind of like help him develop and all that. Cause I think it, it really is important. Like, We've seen with Spencer Knight, like, he was really good. Carter Hart, when they first broke out, they were really good. And then they kind of just gave him the job when they were young. And look at both of them now. They both definitely regressed. I mean, yeah, like, the Panthers are rolling with Alex Lyon right now in the playoffs. I mean, Bobrovsky's starting the next game, I think. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I do Alex, agree with what you're saying. I, wouldn't, I, would, I would like to bring in an elite goaltender pair with Levi. I truly I that believe. That is a good idea. I truly believe, I, I truly believe, if they make the necessary changes to like their penalty kill and the defense and like tweaks forward wise, if you add Soros, there's no reason why. I know this is, this is, you know, put the camera on me, TikTok. They could win a Stanley Cup in two years if Soros. I'm just like, and then have him go. Like they could, they're like, they're not just playoff contenders with him because he's like, he's, he's a goaltender that like is consistently analytically one of the best and I test everything. Like, this is a guy that can win you playoff rounds. Yeah. And they don't, and they don't have, I mean, like Levi is a nice piece, but we don't like that could be a couple of years from now. Like this guy right now could be, you could put him on, you could put him on Florida right now. And he could like make that series way more interesting and competitive. Like any team right now in the playoff, you know, that's having weak baby skin, soft goaltending put Soros in. And all of a sudden, like it's a series, like that's, it doesn't matter what team it is. Boston had the best player in ever. Like, that's a guy that you could go to battle with. I'm not saying Levi can't be that guy, but he's not. I don't think he's that right now. Yeah, I th- no, I agree. I know, so- I, I know Soros is. And that's why, like, if you make the move, you could really actually, like, I know it's kind of weird to say, like, in one move that the, the Sabres can win a Stanley Cup, but, like, they could be, they, I mean, it's like Carey Price with the Canadians. Like, they had a goal, hot goaltender. Like, he's a guy that could get hot. And you have the offense, as it was shown this year, that can that can score a little bit. They might just need to adjust to playoff hockey, make more of those side moves to improve the outskirts of the roster. But then, yeah, I don't know. I, I may find myself up a little bit. I was, I was actually, I got to admit, I was really anti this idea when I first saw it. I was like, two first round picks. I ain't doing that. Now no, that I, I was an, you know, when you first said head. it, I was anti the idea. But you explaining it and everything, like you did a really good job. Now, now, he's, now, now I think they make case. That, Joe, I think honestly, God, if they make that move, I think on your birthday you gotta you gotta make a little 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 little, little <laughs> you know little side second bet on that the, the cup if that happens. Yeah, well, I mean, my my yeah. birthday's doomed uh, in a couple. I mean, there was what was that? There was a tweet a couple years back. July first is my birthday. 
So, or a couple months back, there was a tweet about July 1st being an impending doom for the Sabres at one point in time. Um, I forget what it was exactly, but no, just speaking on the, the, the trades and whatnot, I, I, you're absolutely right. in the fact you cannot expect Levi to play 60 games in a season right away, you're going to kill if he, if he falters at any point, like for an extended period of time, you're, you're killing his, his chances in the NHL. Truthfully. I think I just, I just want to jump in. I think we were talking about this last week, how in the NHL today, there's only like a handful of goaltenders that could even play out of 60 games. Like I think of like Vasilevsky, Ottinger, um, Shesterkin, um, like guys like that. So like, are we banking on Levi going to be that like outright? Like, I think Saros could be a guy who could play 60 games, like maybe like 50, 60 games. Cause you want Levi to get games too. But you know, if you're rolling with the tandem of Levi and Lukanen, like I don't think Lukanen should, if you do an even split, I don't think Lukanen should play 40 games, you know, but yeah, no. like, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll jump on the train of getting Saros. Like I wouldn't mind trading a first round pick. Yeah. I wouldn't no, mind trading some prospects that don't have a spot anyway. Right, and you can't end the trade season them while their like values said, high Dom. before you ruin their value. Sorry to yeah, and you can't end the season like you said, Dom, on a goalie question mark like we did this season. So if we could get, especially like Saros, I mean, just like that, not heavy hitter, but like you know what you're getting with him, right? You're getting elite goaltending along with Levi developing into a great goaltender. I think we're going to be pretty solid. I, I don't want to see Comrie or Lukanen back in our net next season. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Um, Craig Anderson, he's gone. He's retiring. Um, but I, I think for this team to really – because like like we've said, the style of offense they play, right, that hard-hitting, high-flying, crazy firecracker offense where it's passing crazy half the time, it's, it, prompts, it promotes turnovers, right? You're going to get intercepted playing like that. We do not have the goaltending to stop that from happening. So – I think it's just, you know, it, it, I, it's definitely a need. And I, I would, with our prospect pool right now and the way we're, we've drafted and whatnot and who we have coming up, I wouldn't mind trading the two. Like yeah. you said, I, I don't think it's detrimental to the team. Look at look at Ryan Miller when he won the Vezina. Like, mm-hmm. he carried he that team into the yeah. playoffs. Like, he carried that team. He carried the USA team that year, too, for the Olympics. Right. Like, when you have a good goaltender, like you made the point earlier, Carey Price in Montreal Hashik. went to the Stanley Cup. Hashik. Like that Sabres team wasn't that deep, wasn't that great, but Hashik was the superstar. Um, I don't know. Like even even Matt Murray for Pittsburgh got really hot, and they you know made the he Stanley did. Cups. So like, I don't know. It's it really if you get a hot goaltender, a lot can change. Like that can cover up the weaknesses you have on your roster. Yeah. So yeah, you know, before, I just want to get Good back. Point. And then- Get back into the ground, Adams. But I think we just got to give a round of hand to Bleacher Report. You know, thanks. Yeah, you know. <laughs> thank you, Bleacher Report. Let's get credit where credit's due. But going quickly back, um, so the two points that I want to discuss back, and then we could talk about what's going on in the playoffs. So it seems that, uh, well, well, that seems that Adams talked about how. Well, I should also mention this: no Ryan Johnson news yet. No, and they don't know about the Russian prospects coming over yet. Uh, their yeah. contract. Eric Portillo up. signed with LA. I know LA dislikes having written the goalies from organization. Sorry, right. he'll have like an eight eighty save percentage with a five million dollar cap hit. It's all good. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> um, it's all right. It's their detriment but, at the end of the day. But uh, with Adams, he was very passionately saying that they've already reached out to the agents at Dalene and Power, 
wanting to sign a long-term contract. I think Dalina makes a lot of sense. One year left at $6 million until he's an RFA. Leader of the team. I, one of the big leaders in the locker room. He, I think they're that's going to be a, I'm trying to think of an eight-figure contract. But that's that's double digits. Double-digit yeah. millions. Yeah. yeah, eight figures. That's probably eight by 80. Get that signed and delivered. And then power, give me an eight by eight. But I think of power, at least it's a little interesting because he's that weird like two-year RFA because they burned a year last year. I don't know why he would personally sign a contract extension, but if he's just all about the vibes, like good for mm-hmm. him. Like I, I don't, I don't know why. He, <laughs> no, but like honestly, like I don't know why he would like Thompson. I could understand before the season because he was like I had an elite year, but before that I wasn't that great. So you know, I, I obviously you trust your abilities, but this is fifty million dollars, pretty much. Yeah, Cousins kind of same thing. Like mid season, like I'm having a great season. Injuries happen. Like I'm one freak play away from like maybe losing this. Samuelson, I've never been healthy before a day in my life. $30 million, okay. It's like, Darlene's set, whatever, but like I think he wants to get signed. Like, Power, it's kind of like, I'm a stud defenseman. I was a very good offensive defenseman, one of the, be- the best rookie defensemen. I only had 35 points last year, and I think with a full year, he get to 50. And if I improve my defense, like, could I get, could I get that eight-figure that Darlene's getting instead of eight? Could I get myself up to a million? But yeah. at the same time, I I don't know. I think I think he's you know. You think as, he just as, signs it to sign it at this point, like to to have it? Or well, I think he's gonna try and get a fair contract for himself. Personally. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know he seems like a vibe kind of guy. But he also seems like a pretty smart guy. So like, I just just it doesn't. He has all the leverage, is what I'm saying. Same mm-hmm. thing with Dalene, Technically, both of them really have a lot of leverage. Yeah. Well, Power doesn't have a lot of leverage from the say of like he's going to sign a second contract with the Sabers, but like. It's up to him how long and how much really he has leverage there. And Darlene, same thing. But I mean, they both seem like they want to be here. So and say we want them here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you could tell by the way they play too. I mean, just the way they talk after games to the press. It seems like, well, not just those two. Pretty much everyone playing for this team is pretty open about wanting to be here and stay playing here. So I don't see why you wouldn't take a contract extension, especially if you're saying like Owen Power, the vibes guy. I, th- I think he for sure would take one right off the bat like that. Yeah. So then the last point I want to make before we talk playoff hockey for the last couple of minutes, um, Gergensen's in a post that we talked about a lot. So it seems, I mean, we're both kind of, yeah, about the idea, like we're not, I, I'm pretty 50, 50 on like having them back or not. I just mm-hmm. kind of like four. It's not like a big concern of mine. So they run it back. It's kind of like, okay, as long as Olsen's gone, whatever. Yeah. But um, it seems to me Oposo is retirement or bust. Like, he's either going to retire or he's going to sign back with the Sabres. Yeah, I agree. I think Gergensen's is either – I think Gergensen's going to leave. I, I truly believe that because I think the Sabres are, will give you a one-year contract, and I think he wants multiple years, multi-year contract for uh, his future. So I, th- I think there's a real chance he leaves because there's probably going to be a market for him. Yeah. Um yeah. I guess here here, like if they both leave, we get Olsen off the roster. So there's three spots right there. Who are the three taking their spots? Like do you think it's people from within the organization or are they bringing outside guys in? Like Well I'm just trying to think like who would Tuck Thompson Skinner Kids mm-hmm. Line six. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mitz Krebs. Yo, let's just say that nine Greenways mm-hmm. ten. So 
we're gonna say what they're gonna have 13 forwards so would they have three more yeah, yeah three more spots as you said um i would say see from also from the press conference written, i don't think I don't think we're going to see Matt Savoy and Yuri Kulich really in the NHL next year. I think yeah, it didn't re- sound like it. It didn't sound that. like it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna segue not segue, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Oposo's back. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. I think I do think he's gonna return. I think Gergensen's different one. So now I have two spots left. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I think I think you go outside the organization if they're not if they're not willing to put Kulich and Savoy. Maybe you give Lucas Ruzek a chance and maybe he becomes your 13th forward. But mm-hmm. I do think there would, in that case, if they would lose Gergensen's, they they're going to add a person outside the organization. Okay. That'd be my opinion. A yeah. bomb six forward that has a little more okay. scoring potential. I think I'd agree with that because I do think I'm I'm with you on Akposo coming back. I think that is going to happen. Um, and Gergs is definitely I, outside the organization move makes a lot of sense because you're right in the fact. Listening back to that press conference, it did not Granada was not really like strong suited on them playing in the nhl at all so i i think it's definitely an outside of the organization move it's just it, unfortunate boy would have to go back to juniors and wouldn't be able to play in rochester like, i know that's just unfortunate but i could see maybe like coolidge getting a few games like if there's injury or like oh, sure, injury, yeah like i could see that but i do agree like he won't be a full-time nhl next year even though he no. said after he was drafted i could play in the nhl day one and honestly honestly maybe the way he I played mean, in Rochester, like maybe he could have played as a bottom <laughs> six. In the I don't know. I think with the whole Savoy Coolidge thing, I do think it's important to understand that these guys are draft year one. Like these guys are not two years. At, like yeah, Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka both got two years, and then you saw them like Jack Quinn. I think was a top six forward this year, to be honest. But JJ Paterka mm-hmm. was really much like a third line forward, which he, and he was very up and down. And obviously, he had a big up at the end of the season. Like they and but even Quinn. Like had had a, like a month, a month and a half of a disappearing act. Like that's going to happen. So like, yeah, yeah, they're probably gonna get another year, and then they're probably gonna have another inconsistent year. So it's probably gonna be what two more years until they're really like legit, consistent top six forward. So I think that's where, yeah, gotta lower the expectations a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Does anyone have anything else to say about the big, you know, PC? No, I, uh, I'm. No. I'm I'm pretty much on uh, on board with everything we've talked about. Just I'm excited already to go into next season at this point. I know it's a long way away, uh, but hockey off season flies by. So I'm looking forward to getting back into the Sabres season and seeing yeah. Yeah. and placing that wager coming in July. So I'll keep yeah. you guys posted on that as well. So so before we leave, I just want to give a quick update on everyone's Stanley Cup picks. Our, our, our boy, the Breeze, the Bruins, three games to one. Nice. Yeah. Joe, Colorado bouncing back. I think they're up two games. They're up two games to one. I believe Edmonton, so. Mike looked a little dreary right there. Uh, LA yeah. choked. Two two series is all tied, and Dallas is playing like trash. But somehow we are in a tied series there. Best of three in both those series. So that's mm-hmm. solid. The twenty twenty, the twenty 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 one Sabers man playing elite hockey. Montour, <laughs> Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel. A couple years before that, Ryan O'Reilly, Sam Reinhardt. Eric Stahl. So yeah, I hate seeing the Vegas Golden Knights post a picture or a video that says "playoff period Jack period Eichel." All I all when I was I watching the Jets it. Jets Knights game, every time they showed a Knights, it was Jack Eichel. They just yeah. every time the puck was there's a stoppage, it was Jack Eichel. Like, oh my god, talk about I spitting in the face I of really every Buffalonian like out there. 
Yeah, I really don't like Jack. But you know what? He got us a good trade because you know what? I love Tuck. I do too. He was at Krabs, the Bandits. Krabs is solid. So, yeah. okay, here. You know what? I'll just present one last thing before we get off. If All Oposo right. leaves, do they name a captain next year? Tucky. And, like, who is the next captain of the Sabres? Darling, I think Tuck. I think it's Tuck. Truthfully. I don't know because Tuck did just win the Rick uh, Montana award. Uh, I'm going to say no. So no captain next year if Oposo was on the team. I would think ah, nice. Um, I feel like I feel like they'll do it, and I feel like it'll be. It's either Tuck or Darlene, but yeah. I think they might wait a year. Okay, Jeffrey with the C. What do you think, Mike? No, I think Tuck. Do you seriously captain. think Jeffrey with the C? Is that was that no, a serious thing? Sar- no, I was being yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> no, I think realistically, I think Tuck should be a captain. Yeah, yeah. Or em- do they do co-captains like they did with Drury and Briere? or a Poundville and Vanek? That would be Pommel's. interesting. I don't think I'd be opposed to that. Jason Pommelville. No, I I like that idea. Not a honestly. fan of Thomas Vanek, though. <laughs> no, I, not a Vanek guy. I know. <sighs> All right. Well, that's gonna do Over it, it, I think, for this edition. Anything else you guys want to mention before we before we hop Go out? Sabers. Well, of course, we'll get to that in a minute here. Uh, <laughs> I'm come, Joe Kelly. I'm enjoying my job. Come hang for the draft special. Come come hang for our reaction. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be there will be a live draft show Thursday. Uh, comment as things happen. Feel free to. Um, we're going to be at the Buffalo Indian Draft Central draft room, if you will. Um, we're going to be we're going to be just be watching, have a good time, um, and see what the Bills do if they trade back, if they pick, yeah. whatever whatever happens. We're going to be right there for it. But for all the first round action, join us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, anything you can find it. I'll uh, I'll I'll make an announcement. Don't worry. But without further ado, Jeez. that's going to end it for this edition and Dom, how do you always end these buddy? Go bills, baby. Go bills. Go Sabres.